0: You know, I love to be in a church where the Spirit of God is moving. Uh, the words are not just coming from the pulpit, but it's coming from every single person that is actually part of the church. And so this morning, I want to quickly uh, take an opportunity to, of course, uh, honor Pastor Matthew, uh, Brother Kenny, who facilitated this morning, and also Brother Verms, who is the connection point for me to come here. And be with you guys this morning, and also Rayno Passerino and his wonderful wife, who probably are watching from, watching from from I think Thailand. And uh, I want to just quickly share also about my good friend Melvin Peters, who is here from the Netherlands. He's a good minister friend of mine, and he is traveling with me in the season as we're traveling through the nation of South Africa. Can we just let him know that we love him here in Cape Town, South Africa? Can we just give him a hand? Man, I love this. This is just a variety. It's like a buffet table. We get the diversity of the nations in one location. We have young and old, male and female, and we see people from different ages and generations and from different cultures. Now, for me, that's the kingdom of God. This is what John saw in Revelation 7, 9, where he saw a vision of a multitude that could not be numbered from every tribe and every tongue and every nation. And this is the heart of God this morning. And as you guys did hear, my name is Kevin, and you might wonder, how can Iranian be called Kevin? My Iranian name is Kevon. When I moved to Sweden at the age of six, I was called Kevin, and I've been called Kevin from that time. And so I'm married. I'm married to only one wife. It's a good thing. Uh, I know I'm I'm from Middle East. People might wonder, you know, do we have more? No, I'm only one wife, a man, and I love her. And she's from the Netherlands. We have two beautiful girls together. Now, you got to understand my story. Because what was left out in my biography is that I lived and worked as a missionary for almost seven years in Cape Town, South Africa. So, even though I'm visiting here, this is pretty much home for me. It is here in Cape Town that I met my wife as a missionary back in 2006. And years later, after being many years into missions and going back home, getting married, my oldest daughter, Jasmine, was born here in South Africa. And so, even though she looks just like my wife, she's blonde, blue eyes, but she got that Iranian spirit. <laughs> And also my, my youngest daughter, Amelia, I get two, two of them, pleasure and a joy to me. Uh, she is, you know, she looks just like me, but man, she gets the personality of her mother. And so God has a sense of humor, and God is a good God. Amen? You know, when I was having a lunch with Pastor uh, Monday, we were busy with a conference uh, the whole week, been preaching almost every day, so... Uh, It's just good to be able to stop here, and we have another service in the afternoon before we fly back home. My friend is flying back home to Holland, and I'm flying back home to the U.S. But he shared with me, and he said, I said, I want to preach this morning. I love preaching the Word of God. Amen? But he said, can you share your story with them? I said, but I share my story every way that I go. He said, but share your testimony with them because he felt in his heart that I believe that as you hear my journey and you see the fingerprint of God in my journey, you will realize, not just theologically, but experientially, that nothing is impossible with God. Can you say amen? amen. So it doesn't matter who you are, what nation you come from, what color of skin you have, whether do you come from, a low caste of the society or the high caste of the society. With God, everything is possible. Because if he can take a broken man who was born in a Muslim nation and he can transform his life and in the last 13 years he used me over 45 nations surely he can do it with you. Come on, am I in Africa or am I back in the US? <laughs> I thought you guys in Africa talk back to the preachers. <laughs> Praise God. You know the Bible says that we overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Which means that every time somebody shares a testimony about what God has done in their life, it is not about the person's own testimony, but it's about the legacy of Jesus. It's about the goodness of Jesus in a person's life. You see, I'm a Christian today, but I was born in a Muslim nation in the Middle East. That many people today have a wrong understanding of because of what they see in the media and what they hear through the news. I was born in a Muslim home and I came into the world and birthed into a broken family. You see, the reason we as Muslims did not know Jesus in Iran is not because we were rejecting Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus is the desire of all nations. You see, the nations of the world is not rejecting Jesus, but the nations of the world are rejecting many times what the church is displaying Christ unto them. That's why I love seeing young and old sitting here being hungry for God, being serious about their faith, because there's a dying world that are looking for the manifestations of the sons and the daughters of the Most High God. That's you and I this morning. And so the reason we had never heard about Christ is because nobody told us that He is more than a prophet. We only thought that He was a good man, a prophet that was part of our religion. The Bible says that how can they believe if there is no one who preaches? And how can they preach if there is no one who is sent? And how can they (laughs) be sent if there is no one that is willing to go? And then it says how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. You know, in Iran, we don't have the freedom of worship like we have in South Africa. Do you know how blessed you are as a nation? You guys are a nation that is a nation of miracle. An apostolic nation. You have a call of leadership. And that's why I love to see so many of you studying and getting education because you're going to be pioneers, you're going to be those in the government, in media, in education, in the health system and you're going to transform because you don't only have a church mindset but you have a kingdom mindset. And you and I with the DNA of the gospel going to transform the nations of the world. Can you say amen? Amen. At the age of 13 my mom was given into an arranged marriage. As a young woman, all she desired was to marry the husband that she loves. And she only had one desire, and that was to study and to get an education for herself. Now that should be a privilege, I believe, for every single woman around the world. To choose to marry whom they want and also be able to study and get an education for themselves. But at the age of 11, her father died of cancer. And now because of poverty, extreme poverty, the first person that came by, she was given into arranged marriage. She married a stranger that was about 12 years older than her. And that stranger became my father. At the age of 14, she already had one son. At the age of 16, she had two. And at the age of 18, she had three boys that became the treasure of her heart. But the tragedy of my life was and my mom's life is that she found herself in a marriage that was not only verbally abusing her but so much more physically. And we can sit here with smiles but I know that when we walk out of this place that many of us are facing challenges even in our home and even in our own communities. That's why this gospel of restoration and reconciliation is very important for us to understand. Because Jesus is the only one who can take what is broken in this world to restore that person and give that person identity, dignity, and send that one to live in its purpose and destiny. Can you say amen? And so for many years, my mom wanted to divorce my father, and he said, you can go. But the laws of Islam in Iran said that the husband has the right over the children. Now, how many of you have heard your mom or dad say to you that once when you become a parent, you will understand? Okay, very good. When I was a rascal, I was a young man, that's what my mom used to always say, when you become a parent, Kevin, you will understand. Now I got two girls, I truly understand. That you will do anything you can to give the best in your ability for your children. So for many years, my mom stood up with all the verbal and physical abuse, and even I, because she did not want to give up her three sons. But one day, finding herself in this prison of marriage, in this life of verbal and physical abuse, being broken, loving God with all of her heart, but feeling that she has no hope and no relationship because she didn't know Christ. She stood in a lonely kitchen about to commit suicide. And suddenly in the lonely kitchen, as she's about to commit suicide, the radio turned on. I cannot this morning explain to you scientifically of how that radio turned on. But I can tell you that you can chain the missionary, but you can never chain the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit would go and penetrate into the most deepest and the darkest places of this universe because for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only begotten Son that whomsoever, whether you are Iranian American or are you are African, are you are white or black, that whomsoever believe in Him will not perish but have an everlasting life. Isn't that a good news of the gospel? Radio turns on and my mom hears at a point of suicide a story about a lady that is in the same situation just like her. But what she did is that she took her children and threw herself and her children into sewage water. All her children died and she survived. She was rescued. And now the religious leader wanted to make a public example of her over the national radio. My mom is hearing this story. And my mom suddenly hears this Mullah say these words That because of what she have done She have killed her children We're going to give her the hardest punishment Which is punishment by death And then my mom hears this That changed I believe the course of her life My children was everything that I had in this world They are not here anymore There is nothing you can do to me That is worse than me losing my children Do whatever you want to do Because I don't care in that moment, my mom gets so angry. She was in her early 20s, no money in her pocket, no education, nothing, no help. But she got so angry. And I believe that that anger was given to her by Jesus himself. Come on, the Bible says, be angry, but do not sin in your anger. Sometimes you got to get mad at the devil. Sometimes you got to get mad at your situation. And that you stand up as an ambassador. And instead of just complaining about it, you do something about it. So she decided to take her children and escape from Iran. She hired man smugglers. A journey that was supposed to take us five hours with airplane took us eight months escaping from nation to nation as refugees. We came first to Istanbul, Turkey for four months and we just had just a couple of loaves of bread and a bag of cheese. That's all we had. My mom in that point, she was suicidal and depressed and she felt that there was no home. Every night we came to the airport to be smuggled out of Istanbul, Turkey, to Bulgaria. The police was always there. But one day, my mom was so tired that she wrote a letter to God as a Muslim, not as a Christian. As a Muslim, you know, let me tell you something. Do you know that your life is not a mistake? We think that God can only hear the prayers of a Christian, but that's not truth. The reason you and I as Gentiles, if not a Jew, have received the gospel is because in Acts 10, God heard the very prayers and the giving of a man who was a Gentile by the name of Cornelius. That's how the gospel came to us. And in that moment when my mom wrote a letter that very night, she said, God, I'm here with my children and we are sinking. I'm like a wandering boat in the ocean. If you cannot hear my prayer, maybe you can read my letter that very night we came to the airport and the police was not there and we flew from Istanbul Turkey to Bulgaria and my mom as a Muslim woman remembered that God just read her letter praise God amen God is so in love with the nations of the world he is in love with the Muslims He is in love with the Buddhists and the Hindus. And yes, we know there is only one way to the Father. And that is through His Son, Jesus Christ. But you got to understand that God loves the nations of the world. You better say amen because I'm in the place of many nations. You guys are too quiet for me. Maybe i got to preach a little bit. Amen. (laughs) Love you guys. I love the South African people. You guys are a blessing. Rainbow nation. Amen. That's who you are as a nation. And so we came to Bulgaria. From Bulgaria, we escaped to Oslo in Norway. From Norway, Oslo, we escaped. This was in the late 80s. We escaped to Stockholm, Sweden. And we presented ourselves as Muslim and refugees in Stockholm, Sweden. Within one month, we became a citizen of a first world nation, which is a miracle by itself. You got to understand that God spoke to Jeremiah before he was born. And God said in Jeremiah, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I ordained you and called you and predestined you and sent you out to be a prophet to the nations of the world. you got to understand that your life is not a mistake. No matter where you were born, no matter what passport you have, your life is not a mistake. See, the reason we love God is because He loved us first. Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose, talk to me, and appointed you to be my disciples. We became citizen, and then my mom did everything she could, worked hard. We hardly saw her home because she was working seven days a week, all morning, all night, to provide for us. So we basically, in our own home, raised ourselves up. But in 1996, as a Muslim, my mom was suicidal. She had cancer. She was depressed. And she felt, now I have brought my children to safety, but I'm going to end my life. And so as she closed her shop, she was a hairdresser, own the own companies she was walking out from in Stockholm Sweden and suddenly as she's walking to commit suicide she looked and she found herself for the first time in her life before a traditional church beautiful stained glass but there was no one in the church there was no Kenny in the church to welcome me when I came in he was kind of afraid who is that Muslim guy no I'm joking on the picture, I don't have any beard. You know, I just save some beard. I just want to look really Muslim. No, I'm joking. And <laughs> kind I of freak people out sometimes. No. They call it fashion nowadays. Amen? <laughs> so, <laughs> but there was nobody there to greet her. And, you know, she walked in and nobody in the church. And she thought, what kind of church is this? There's no one in the house of God. Wooden benches. And she sat down on a wooden benches in the back. But for the first time in her life, being suicidal, diagnosed with cancer, dying, she started to speak to Jesus. But she did not speak to Jesus as a prophet. She did not speak to him as a good man or a historical figure. She started to address God in the name of Jesus as He's the Messiah and the Son of God. And she said, God, I've been trying to love you all my life. And here am I again at the third time, ready to commit suicide. But I've heard the Christians say that you still save, heal, and deliver, and that Jesus is more than a prophet, that he is your son. If that's the truth, then change my life right now. After 10 minutes, she stood up and she said, Sarah, you're crazy. You're speaking to walls. God is not listening to you. She stood up thinking that God does not hear. Ready to walk out and thinking that God does not care. Aren't you happy that Isaiah said that God is not too deaf that he cannot hear? Neither his arm too short unto salvation. As my mom was about to walk out, she looked on the ceiling and she saw a beautiful painting of Jesus Christ hanging dead on the cross. His head was bowed. His eyes were closed when she looked up into the painting suddenly in the open eyes vision the eyes of the painting manifest becomes two real eyes and the eyes open up and she looks right into the eyes of Jesus and she always says to me Kevin if you only see the eyes of Jesus it is like being lost in ocean of liquid love and then she hears a voice that says Sarah, it was never my intention for you to suffer this way. Hearing this from a loving God, being haunted by memories of verbal abuse, being molested and raped as a child, thinking that God doesn't care. But in that moment, the God that so loved the world looked down and made Sarah, my mom, feeling like she's the only person upon the earth. That's what Jesus can do to you this morning. She came home because she's so freaked out out of this vision that she ran out of the church and forgot to commit suicide. Praise God. She ran home. It's the Saturday evening. She pops some pills, goes to sleep, and does not share this with anyone, neither us, her sons. The next day is the day of Pentecost. (laughs) You know, we love to become extra Pentecostal during the day of Pentecost. But how many of you know that we live in Pentecost every single day? Because the Holy Spirit, the Comforter is here and He's with you and abiding with you forever. The telephone rang very early and for Muslims it's not a church day on Sunday. Now, For most Christians too, but you know. <laughs> on Sundays it's not really a church day. And early in the morning the telephone rang and there was a distant friend that said, Sarah? And my mom said, why are you calling me so early in the morning? Don't you know it's Sunday? I'm sleeping. I got to go to work soon. Her friend said, Sarah, listen, I was in church today. It's the day of Pentecost. But the pastor stood up and said that God has spoken to him. My mom said, okay. The pastor said that God has said that I see all the Iranian women here. Where is Sarah. Tell Sarah to come to church. My mom freaked out. Because she did not tell anyone about what happened yesterday. But yet God who sees the individual knows everything. So my mom knew she got to go to church. Come on, we got to display the gospel to a dying world. Because the kingdom of God is not a matter of word. But the kingdom of God is a matter of power. She comes to church and she's afraid because she's never really been to a Pentecostal church. One feet in the church, one feet ready to run out of the church. And the pastor, of course, it's the day of Pentecost, we're extra Pentecostal. He says, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. And so people are going forward. He lays hands on them and the one after one, wham, 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 wham. And they stand up and they sound like a bunch of turkeys. Mama I have no clue what they're saying, I have no clue what's going on. And my mom said the pastor is probably hypnotizing these people. But she knew what happened yesterday. She said, "Jesus, if this is truly you, touch me right now, right here." According to my mom's testimonies that the power of God hit her like a lightning. And she said in that moment when the power of God and love of God hit her, she fell to the ground and she was more Pentecostal than all of them. (laughs) She was delivered from the spirit of suicide. She said there was somebody that poured a bucket of hot honey from the top of her head to the sole of her feet and every trace of cancer disappeared under the power of Jesus. Come on, he's a good God. Amen? Amen. Nothing is impossible with Jesus. Come on, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? His name is Jesus. Amen? And so in that moment, my mom comes home and we think she's crazy. She never spoke about Jesus. I was 13 years of age and at the age of 14, I became a drug addict and a drug dealer on the streets of Stockholm. I was an angry young man who was hurt because my father was never there for me. My greatest desire was to grow up and to get a gun and pay my father a visit because I couldn't stand what he did with me and my mother and my brothers. At the age of 16, my mom had a dream from God. And she says, Kevin, I had a dream from God. And I looked at my mom and I said, I dream every night. What's nothing significant with a dream. She said, yes, I had a dream about your calling. And God said that I need to pray for you because you're going to go to the nations of the world and preach the gospel. No education, dropped out of school, no future, no hope. Society had given up hope on me and I've only been in Sweden. Broken and hurt and filled of anger and hatred and my mom says you're going to go to the nations. Now 13 years ago, I didn't understand what she was saying. But now 13 years later, I've been to over 45 nations preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. So with God, all things are possible. Do you believe that? My mom is one of those crazy intercessors. She would put oil on anything, even you. I would come home and there's oil everywhere and I'm thinking, Mom, why is it oil on my mirrors? She said, just go to sleep. So I didn't know when I came home high on drugs and they used to find me outside the house and my brothers and my mom would carry me up to my bedroom. Totally passed out, on outside of the door. My mom used to lay hands on my pillow, lay hands on my blanket, lay hands on my bed and prophesy the destiny of God. Because when God speaks, it surely will come to pass. He watches over his word, ready to perform it. He honors his word above his name. Come on, he's not a man that he should lie. I grew up filled with anger and abusing my girlfriend, doing everything that I hated my father because he was abusing my mom. I said, I will never become like him, but every day I was becoming just like him. And also with the same measure that I was judging now, that measure was being measured back onto me. My mom suddenly decided that she's going to sell everything and I'm going to make you a long story short. She sold everything she had. Her businesses, house, car. We had all moved away from home. And she said, I'm going to be a missionary. I said, what? She said, a missionary. I said, where are you going to go? She said, I'm going to go to Miami. I said, Miami? That's not a place to go as a missionary. That's the place to go if you want to party. (laughs) Welcome to Miami, huh? What are you going to do in Miami? She said, God spoke to me. I need to go to Miami. Miami. So my mom packs back, have no connections, flies to Miami. And in Miami, after three months of disappointments, a lady comes up through in a church service and says, to you the one? My mom said, I'm the one? Which one? And she said, We've been praying for missionary. We have started a mission foundation called Manson's Foundation, and we're looking for missionary. And when we saw you, God said, you the one, and we're going to pray for, pray for everything. My mom said, where should I go? She said, you pray. My mom prayed and God said, go to Armenia, which is a small nation above Iran. How many of you have read about Mount Ararat in the Bible when Noah's Ark rested upon? That's in Armenia. Part of it is in Armenia. My mom calls me and she's happy. She said, I'm going to be a missionary. I said, great. Where are you going to go? I'm going to go to Armenia. I said, whoa, wonderful, mom. And then she said, wait a minute. God said something else. I said, what did God say? She said, that you need to come with me on this mission trip. I said, wait a minute. <laughs> now who in the world brings a drug dealer on a mission trip? What's his name? Because he doesn't choose the way we choose. He uses the fu- weak and the foolish things of this world to confront the wise. I need somebody who can be the New Testament pillar. Somebody who can be an apostle of the New Testament church. Peter, I know that you're cussing and fussing. You sink and you want to go everywhere with me and even cutting ears and you deny me three times. Why don't you come and follow me? Jeremiah, I know that you're hiding behind excuses and you say that you're young. But go because I have sent you and prophesy what I've spoken to you. That means that if God qualifies you, no one can disqualify you. No one. Doesn't matter who smiles at you, and doesn't matter who likes you. It's all about Jesus smiling down on you because you'll be obedient to His voice. Can you say Amen? amen. Ah, Jesus is good. Amen? amen. My mom flies back home. When we fly to Armenia. I hated it. I just didn't like the mission trip. I want to be home in Sweden with my girlfriend and all the stuff that I had. But what happened to me is that a young man took my email address from me. And I said to him, what are you going to have my email address for? I'm, I'm, I'm in Sweden. You're in Armenia. He said, just give it to me. A young pastor. I flew to Sweden, shook the dust from my feet. We were shipping in cocaine from Colombia, selling it, making major money stock in Stockholm, Sweden. We had also planned a credit card scam with a, bulk, with a team in a Baltic nation. And we were about one week from committing this credit card scam that would make us rich for a long time or put us in prison for a very long time. But about a week before we're going to commit this crime, suddenly I receive an email from this young man, this pastor, and he said, there is a pastor's conference in Armenia and God is calling you to come. I'm thinking, who wants to have a drug dealer on a pastor's conference? Before I'm going to go, my mom comes to me. and She said, God spoke to me last night, Kevin. I said, what did God say? That when you're going to go on this trip, you're going to be so changed. that not one of your friends going to recognize you. God said, you're going to be born again. Filled with the spirit of God. You're going to be delivered from all your addictions. And you're going to meet a pastor from the United States of America. And he's going to take you with him to study in the school of ministry. I looked at my mom and I said, are you crazy? You don't even know anyone. How do you know this stuff? she said God spoke to me and then she looked at me she said don't you ever say no I said say no to whom she said to that pastor I said you don't even know it's gonna be a pastor there from America she said I don't know but God spoke to me you better not say no I flew to Armenia the first day of the conference I was so high on drugs that I just was sleeping I didn't make the conference The second day I came to this conference and there was an evangelist from Uganda. Do we have anyone from Uganda here? No. It's okay. Do we have any Africans here? That's better. Man, 13 years ago my English was worse than his and my accent was worse. I had no clue what he was talking, but suddenly this evangelist stops. And he makes an altar call. Now, who makes an altar call on a pastor's conference? Only in Africa. Because in Africa, we know. You pray for the food, you make an altar call. You take an offering, you make an altar call. Come on, in Africa, there is no protocol. It is only altar calls. And he made an altar call and I was standing, I said, I'm not going to go forward, God's going to do what? Suddenly I hear these words, when you come home, you're going to be so changed that not one of your friends is going to recognize you. I said, let me go forward and see if God can do something. I took one step, God is my witness, this evangelist looked over the crowd of 300 pastors and then he said this without even looking at me, when you come home, you're going to be so changed that not one of your friends is going to recognize you. I said, how did he know? I guess the same Holy Spirit that lives in Sweden also lives in Africa. (laughs) And the next day, you know, I went down on my knees that day and I didn't speak Christianese, I didn't speak King James, I spoke Kevinese. I shared my heart with Jesus. I didn't tell him what he thinks, what I think he wants to hear. I told him the secrets of my heart. The next day I stood in the church and I was hiding now. Because I said, these Christians know some information. <laughs> I've been planning. A, this True story. I'm not exaggerating. True story. I said, these Christians know some secrets and I've been planning a credit card scam for six months. I don't want them to know my junk. So now there was a prophet from Kenya and this prophet was speaking from the platform. And then he said, now I'm going to pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit. I said, receive the Holy Spirit. Who, what is the Holy Spirit? I have no clue. Never been to church for 22 years of my life. Was not accustomed to church. And then he says this, I see the Holy Spirit. I look around. <laughs> you know, my mom used to sneak evangelize me with the with Jesus of Nazareth movie. Have you seen it? He comes out of the water and a dove comes, sits on his head. So I thought maybe that's the Holy Spirit. So I'm looking for cloud, I'm looking for dove, I'm looking for something because the prophet is seeing the Holy Spirit. And then he says, open up your heart. Don't say one word. Just receive the Holy Spirit. That's what I saw over your life in this season. Yes, you would agree. That in this season that God is calling you to receive much more than he has for you. And I believe with all of my heart that in this season of your life that God is coming with a spirit of breakthrough in your life, in your finances, and in your family. Because you will see that you will break through into territories that seems impossible and you will break down barriers that cannot be broken. Because God says, my daughter in the season of your life is not going to be by might. It's not going to be by power, but it's going to be by my spirit, saith the Lord. So you're going to have strength and leap and run over mountains like a mighty warrior. So God, we prophesy that over her in Jesus' name. And so I came... You know, I lift up my hands. I received the Holy Spirit. But the way I received the Holy Spirit was that I spoke to him and cried out to him and said, Jesus, I'm here for you. I have no interest in church because I didn't. I'm not afraid of hell and neither am I interested in going to heaven. All I wanted to have is a father. My mom says that you are my father. I never had one in this life, but I was always looking for a father. My mom says that you are that person. And I'm standing here and I'm asking you for the Holy Spirit and not even that are you giving me today. I said this word that changed my life forever. I said either you give me the Holy Spirit today or you let me go forever. It was like Jesus stood in front of me and he was looking into a broken man and he took away from me heart of stone and placed inside of me heart of flesh. And for two days... I could not stop crying. I came out and I saw the nature. I was weeping like a child. It was like for 22 years of my life, I was having my head in a smoke of addiction. But now when I looked up, I saw the beauty and the splendor of God in creation. And now when I was born again, God gave me hope, identity, dignity, and destiny. And he said, Kevin, you have purpose because before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew and called you and ordained you. Can I please the worship team come forward? Are you guys okay? Jesus. You know, God broke the chain of unforgiveness all my life. Because while I was mad at my dad, I was myself in a prison of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. I was hating him for what he was doing to my family but at the same time I was in bondage and while I was looking back I could not see my future. But I discovered something that day. That every person have a purpose and I believe that's why you guys are here. In the midst of your education, in the midst of your studies, in the midst of the business of the demands that is placed upon you even by society and whom you should be, how you should walk, how you should dress, how you should talk. But you have to understand that you have been created with value, with dignity, and you have destiny through Christ Jesus. So we want to pray for you this morning. And this is a call, I believe, of surrendering everything to Jesus not a call of salvation it's a call of surrender because I believe that the biggest problem in the nations of the world especially in Christian nations is when we don't surrender everything that we have in our hearts to Jesus we don't see the full potential that Jesus can manifest through us so can you please stand to your feet I don't have to call out any word of knowledge you guys have already done that this morning We pray that as if there is anyone that have any form of infirmities in your body, sickness, sport injuries, back pain, spinal cord, arthritis, anything that is a sickness from the enemy, we rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. But I want to ask, if you say this morning, I've heard your testimony, Kevin, but I know there is more that God has for me and that God has for my calling. If that's you. And you want to do this as a sign of surrender. And you say, Jesus, here I am. Send me. Use my life for your glory. And you want to surrender everything to Jesus. If that's you. If that's you. I want to just quickly walk here to the front and stand. We're going to prophesy. We're going to pray over you. And we believe that God's going to come with a spirit of breakthrough over your life in Jesus' name. Forget about who's looking at you on your right and on your left. This is not a time to look pretty and look cute. It's the time of getting desperate with God. Come on, fill this all in Jesus' name. You know, I really felt God is saying, my son, in this season, don't let anyone box your personality. Because I've called you with dignity and I've called you to stand in who you are. Because I'm calling you to believe me for the impossible. in this season in 2018 that marks the year of new beginning are you here in south africa listen it is not only a change in the government it is not only a change in the weather patterns it is a call to change in the church it is as you and i get renewed in our mindset and i see healing all over you and god said i'm going to heal you from the wounds of the past because i've called you to be my daughter and you will see that in this season of your life that the wounds of the past that have been so painful, God says that I'm going to heal it in such a way that you might even feel the scars, but you will not feel the pain. God, we thank you for your healing power that I see all over our body in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, so much. He loves you. He loves us so much. He loves us so much. He loves us so much. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, He loves us. God, we thank you for your love.